All right. So on today on the podcast, I had Jason Coons, who's the principal at Elbert County High School in Elberton, Georgia. You are going to love this podcast if you like education. We talked at length about education, educational philosophy, how you educate during COVID. And I know you really enjoy his wisdom on this podcast. All right, Jason Coons, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you having me. It's, it's a pleasure being here this evening. Yeah, buddy. Uh, you know, I think I find most of my guests on Twitter. That's kind of the thing. I, you know, some people use Facebook, I guess. That's not my, my cup of tea, but you're pretty active on Twitter. What makes you like Twitter? I mean, is there something that sticks out to you a little bit? I do. I think it's a mix of uh, both professional and um, also just some personal things. But uh, it, it's great to be able to network. And uh, as a high school administrator, it's exactly what I tell my kids all the time is, uh, you know, it, very rarely is it what you know, but it is who you know, and making those connections and that connectivity for networking is so essential. And I think that's why Twitter's uh, such a growing, um, you know, fascination for people is it lets you reach out and do things like this all the time with, uh, you know, with people that you would have no interaction with otherwise. So, uh, it keeps it, you know, serious, but also allows you to have that uh, freedom and that autonomy to be able to speak. So love the Twitter quick and easy. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think Facebook's too personal. That's one of my, things. I, do I just don't like it. <laughs> no, and people complain no. too much on Facebook. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> that is exactly right. Oh man. So, uh, the listeners can't see you, but I see on your Twitter profile, you're a Clemson fanatic. Is it, I mean, oh, did you go to school there or what, what's, what's the deal I did, with that? I did some grad school uh, at, at Clemson and uh, just started from way back when. Um, my dad has uh, always been in ministry and he had a kid at Clemson that was a kicker one year and uh, had us uh, come, and, uh, come to a game. And once we got into the Valley, uh, it, it was all that it took. And uh, so I, I just bleed orange and I, I love my Tigers. And, um, you know, we, we spent many a year sitting in an empty stadium. And uh, now that Clemson's found some success over the last decade or so, uh, we're really proud fans now. But uh, I, I love my Tigers. That's awesome, Jason. Jason, give the listeners and myself a little bit of background about yourself, kind of who you are, where you come from, and then we'll go from there. Absolutely. Uh, just had an, uh, an idea growing up that um, being in um, service of others uh, was something that was really driving me. And, um, you know, and what I thought was the easiest way to do that was through ministry. But then I realized my ministry was to be in the public school system. Um, and really work through um, going through that process. So I was an elementary school teacher and then had the opportunity, and all of this is in Georgia, uh, but had the opportunity also to be a middle school assistant principal and principal, been a high school principal, which I am currently, and also served for two years as a district school superintendent here in Georgia. So uh, seen the whole gamut um, and, uh, you know, have participated in, in uh, athletics my entire life. My, my boys participated, my daughter participates in athletics. Uh, soccer and and uh, my boys both played football and so it, it's just the public school system I believe in education uh, just builds the citizens that we absolutely need um, you know to really make a difference and so I, I'm all about the benefit of uh, both the academic and the athletic part of uh, being in the public school system. No doubt I, I've taught in public taught in private and I, I just think public schools where, like you said, you're building citizens, you're, it's, it's free. So anybody can come and you're, you're trying right. to build, build young men and young women to be the best that, that they can be. Talk a little bit about 
you know, Elbert County High School, like what, what is the makeup of your school? Um, you know, what's your philosophy of education there? Those types of things. Absolutely. Uh, we're a small double A school in Georgia. Uh, we're in rural uh, Northeast Georgia, about 45 minutes outside of Athens, um, 45 minutes outside of Clemson. Uh, so we're right on the South Carolina line, 850 students. Um, we are the granite capital of the world, but uh, that's a little misleading because what we actually are uh, is the granite monument capital of the world. Um, we do send out the most monuments for anyone. And if you've ever heard of the Guidestones, it's our own little Georgia version of Stonehenge. We have the Guidestones here <laughs> in Elbert County too. So, um, but, uh, you know, the, the school has really gone through a, a change. We are a huge granite industry. And of course, starting back in 2008, 2009, when the economy took a hit, uh, the school was somewhere around 16, 1700. And, uh, you know, now we've reduced because of the loss of job market all the way down to about 850. And uh, that's where we've been for about the last five or six years. So um, really uh, love the community. They're very involved. It is truly Friday night lights. You know, when the lights come on on Friday, everybody stops what they're doing and we come out to the Granite Bowl. Um, and uh, it's, it's an amazing opportunity. And so love this community and the difference we're making for our kids. That's awesome. So you as the principal, I know like at, at Nitro High School, our motto is love, learn, lead. What's your like motto um, there at Albert County High School? What's some, what's, what are the things you want your kids to know when they walk in the door? Absolutely. What's what they hear every day. Um, when I get on the announcements every single morning, um, I tell them we're nurturing, educating, and graduating tomorrow's leaders. And the last thing they hear from me before I put the phone down uh, is that in the event no one has told them today, we love them. And uh, you know, we're proud of this Blue Devil Nation that they're a part of. So that we're, we're all inclusive. And like you said at the very beginning, uh, you know, public means we open the door. Uh, and when, when we do that, we get the best that the parents want to send us. Um, and we take that and, and we provide them with the best opportunity we can to maximize their potential. Uh, so, you know, really my personal philosophy is that it's learning first, but people always. Um, you know, you've got to be... Um, you've got to be someone that is willing to accept the fact that we are not a business. Um, you know, we, we don't deal in, in gadgets or widgets. We deal in, in differences and differentiation and uh, we're going to make the best we can for the, for the kids that we have. But um, once we do that, the learning will take place once we realize they are individuals. Um, so. I think you just hit one, one, oh, I'm sorry. I just think you just hit one of the biggest differences that people don't understand is that public education is not a business it's a, it's a relationship game trying to help young men and young women. What are, do you have any like special programs y'all do there? You want to talk about like how you try to help the kids that are maybe struggling kids that are behind when they come in the door. Uh, those Absolutely. Types of well, and as everybody could probably start off with every sentence now, uh, you know, pre COVID. Um, but mm -hmm. as, as we were, as, as we look, we are a title one uh, campus and community. We probably have 70, 72% of our, entire community um, is free and reduced lunch. Um, really a struggling group. And we know that when our kids are on campus, that's when we have that lock time for them. And so what we really focused on was trying to do any kind of remediation or recovery during academic time. Um, and we built flex period at the end of the day where every teacher uh, gets a group of students that they do not teach. Um, and they're allowed then to kind of go through the ABCs with them, the attendance behavior and courses that they have uh, and the credit they've secured to really build those relationships so they have one more voice. Um, you know, one of the funny things about Twitter that we have, and, and even when I did have Facebook, was that all of my students had direct access to them, and many of them have my actual cell phone number um, because of the fact that 
we're not just their administrators in a small town like this. You know, they, they will see us everywhere at Dunkin' Donuts getting coffee in Ingalls and, you know, going into Burger King. And so you, we've got to make sure that we are taking care of the entire child. And uh, that's really kind of been our focus with our teachers is that we're building programs um, that, that develop the entire child rather than just the academics. Um, Social emotional is too big right now uh, with COVID, um, you know, and, and so we've got to focus on uh, how we're going to take care of these kids so that when they come out of it, not only are they academically strong, but they're emotionally strong as well. Man, Jason, that sounds a lot like Kanawha County schools. Uh, all of our kids are on free lunch. Um, West Virginia right. is very poor. You look up any stat, we're last and like everything. Uh, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but man, that's, that's awesome. I, I think doing what you can during the school day is key. Like you're trying to help them when they're there. Because a lot of times, like, it's their safe place. That's where um, they feel safe being. And, um, you know, talk about, like, when you have kids that are struggling in COVID, what are some things that you all have done to try to, to still help them? Because this is just, it's a, it's a unique time in our history, for sure. It sure is. Um, you know, really what we have uh, – really stretched ourselves to do is ask our teachers um, not to take on additional responsibility or burden because God knows they can't. Um, they are giving up themselves already 24-7, but really to reimagine what education looks like. Um, and, and for the first time, uh, you know, the state of Georgia really took a look at what we're going to do in terms of assessment. Um, and so we have really uh, for lack of a better term, de-emphasized assessment. Um, you know, we are really saying we have very limited time with you right now. Uh, what we're going to throw at you is a prioritized curriculum. Uh, we're going to do it in new and inventive and creative ways. Um, we're doing both. We're doing a real hybrid model. We are doing both uh, virtual learning and in-person learning. In fact, uh, based on COVID numbers, we had been in school um, doing the hybrid model uh, since the beginning of school. And then after about, well, we just got through our, we're at 13 and a half weeks now. We just had to take this last week and a half off uh, because the numbers were so high, we had to go straight virtual. Um, in doing that, we, we've assigned every student an advocate, um, you know, to say, hey, we're just going to check. You're doing great. You're doing your on, online work. That's fantastic. If you need us, we are here. We've also done a lot with our uh, student support team through our school social worker and looking through our counselors to say, you know, we're, we're also available for you to talk to us if you need to after school hours. And so it's just been a big transition where the kids are seen for the first time, unfortunately, for the first time in many instances, we're beyond the four walls of the classroom. Um, you know, we're, we're here to take care of you as a person uh, because the academics will come and go and, and uh, those types of things. But we've got to make sure that these people are taken care of uh, because they're going to be taking care of us at some point. So, um, you know, we, it's, it's in our own best interest. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, what are, I mean, when you're, we're going through this, I mean, it's like you just, you have to make it up on the fly and I guess make it up is probably a poor term, but you're having to adjust on the fly. So how, like, how does your mind go like on a daily basis? How are you trying to think about, okay, what do I do next to try to help, help our kids? Right. Um, and I, I don't know if make it up is not a bad term, uh, you know, because we do, um, you know, as a, as a head football coach and, and certainly as we go into administration, um, our day is not ever the same. You know, we might have a great laid out plan and we know what we're going to do. And we've got times down and those types of things. 
Um, but really that, that is a perfect uh, opportunity. Um, COVID has just made it that much more difficult um, because we don't know what we're gonna be doing. Um, we just had our graduation rate come out uh, for this last year and uh, over the five year period, we've gone from 72% to 93%. Oh, wow. um, and so we had someone come in from uh, the news and, and was kind of talking to us about the things we've really looked at and what we've really done. Um, and he asked me, what is the majority of my day spent on? Um, Pre-COVID, I would have told you curriculum and instruction. Those days are gone. Um, now it's contact tracing. Uh, now it is uh, spreading news about, uh, you know, ins and outs, how to handle virtual learning. Um, so my entire paradigm has shifted. Um, not for good or bad, but it's just shifted. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, now we really take a look at the opportunity to work with these kids from just a different lens. Um, but it, it is just never the same, um, you know, and uh, we went seven, I guess, seven and a half weeks, eight weeks. We only had two students that had experienced COVID. We were thrilled knocking on any piece of wood we can find. Uh, <laughs> probably after, yeah, after the last five weeks, uh, we've had 13 students with actually that have gotten mm -hmm. COVID. Um, and so, you know, it's just that hit or miss. You don't know what the next day is going to expect. And uh, yeah, I guess it keeps us all fresh and, and keeps us all moving and, and keeps those juices flowing. Uh, but definitely not necessarily what you signed up for when you, when you signed up. Oh, yeah. I mean, as teachers, you sign up to lesson plan and coaches, you sign up to coach. <laughs> administrators, right. you sign up to evaluate and help your school go forward. And it's That's like, right. what in the world? <laughs> Man. So like that was we'll backtrack to what you just talked about. Like as a principal, you said, okay, pre-COVID, you know, so one day this is going to end. Thank the Lord. Um, yes. You know, when you talk about curriculum and instruction, what are you looking for from your teachers as a, as a principal? Like what are some things you're looking for as like best practices for education? Sure. And, and I think the biggest thing that we've uh, engaged in as a faculty was really an understanding of the standards and, and the strands that were required. Um, we went back and curriculum mapped everything that we had done. And uh, Georgia was slow to turn around in some of them. Um, math and, and obviously, as you can imagine, math and English language arts were huge. And so the, the state jumped on those. Uh, but science and social studies were kind of left behind. Um, and then you take a look at EL population, which is big for us. Um, you know, we had uh, those students who were having to be pulled for EL services, so they were missing even what little scheduled science and social mm -hmm. studies time there was. We had to get out of that mindset and really start thinking about things contextually and how every curriculum is interwoven. And so when we talk about literacy development, we're talking about that across the board in each one of the contents. And so the big focus for us when we're looking at teachers is really the ability to sit down, discuss the curriculum, pull out those priority standards, and then decide what of this is essential for us. Um, get away from the idea of just grading to grade. Um, if we're going to assign something for a grade, it better be one of those priority standards. Otherwise, we're wasting our time on it. Let's just cover it, make sure we have an understanding, but move to the big ideas so that then those can filter down and matriculate into better learning for us. So um, that's kind of what we've asked our teachers to do, especially during this time when we've gone to virtual, it's been a wonderful time for our teachers to sit down and collaborate um, and talk and listen to one another about this is the direction I think we need to go. Not focus on meeting test standards, like 20% of the test comes from this, 30% of the test, no. What we need to do is prioritize those standards, figure out what we're gonna do, 
and then mesh that contextually into everything that our students are being asked to do. So would you say you're like a, you're a standards-based grading school or are y'all that far into it? No, no. Now our elementaries are. Um, our elementaries here are doing that. Now, if I could figure out a way to get around a uh, college board um, and mm. to get around all of those types of things for Val and Sal uh, and really look at standards-based report cards for high school, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I'd give them all, uh, you know, salutatorian, valedictorian, if I could figure out a way to do that. But um, so much of our educational process, as you know, from time in Elka in Georgia is, is tied directly to oh, uh, yeah. the placement of those assessments. And, uh, yeah. you know, that, that's a sad fact, but it is what, what the hires have post-secondary have decided. So um, it's kind of what we deal with. Yeah. And that's, that's something that, you know, at, at Nitro, we still give A, B, C, D, F, mm -hmm. but we do a lot of teachers doing like standards based and then moving it over to a A, B, C, D, F. Um, right. But it's, it's pretty difficult to do sometimes. I feel like for some teachers that aren't used to teaching, Hey, you're teaching a standard. It's not this, I'm giving them an assignment. Like how do you help your teachers understand that I'm looking for learning, not just for, Hey, they completed it. Right. DOK is huge. Um, you know, if we can figure out what the depth of knowledge is for each one of the standards that we are asking, and that's really kind of what we have done is redeveloped also when we're doing our curriculum mapping is, is redoing those assessments to say, you know, we need to get away from, DO1, uh, DOK1 questions and really start to ask them some things that are going to take them to synthesize and analyze and, and really do that transference of learning. Um, and, and that's a difficult concept because we as educators didn't go through that as kids. You know, yeah. we, we were given an A, B, C, D, and F, and, and that's yep. what we got. And so now asking people to think differently and turn that is not an easy, it, you know, it's like turning the Titanic in the Panama Canal. It doesn't work real easy. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it, it's, it's a work in progress and parents, I think that's the hardest thing. I think we could do it as an educational system, but parents and, and media, they don't understand it. They understand A, B, C, D, F, you know, and, and, uh, so it makes it really difficult. Now our elementary has done a great job with the parents are very receptive to it. Um, mm -hmm. but boy, if I could do it as a high school and I'd love to hear how you guys at Nitro are doing it because, uh, it, it would be wonderful for us to figure out a concept to make that transition over. Oh, I'll definitely connect, uh, you and my principal. Uh, awesome. Our principal is awesome with that stuff. He, great. He gave like a five year plan a couple of years ago and talking about, we're going to go standards based. And I think it's great. I, you know, you're trying to fi find out what do kids know and then evaluate Absolutely. that when you talk no, about assessment, awesome. like what ways do you like seeing kids assess? Cause I know, you know, obviously they have to be good at bubble tests to get into college. Sure. And, but what are some yes. ways you, you like to see? You know, I love projects. I love portfolios. Um, I love the CTA programs that we have, um, mm -hmm. you know, because w watching a student um, develop, design, create, build a picnic table uh, to me is as assessment driven as you can get. And so, you know, we ask all of our teachers to do that um, is to really, and, and focus in even, if you are going to do a bubble test on making sure that there is a written component so that they have to be able to speak to uh, their understanding and explanation of uh, assessment has got to get away from, which again, we go back to college board, SAT, ACT, those types of things. You've got to get away from a simple bubble answer. Uh, life is not a bubble answer. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I need people that can get under a car and change my oil for me as quick as I do somebody 
that's going to go to Georgia Tech and and uh, you know create some mm-hmm. some uh, formula or cure here. But it, assessment to me is more important in the formative sense than ever in a summative sense. Um, and so benchmarking, I think, is an absolute as you go through the process. I, I can tell you as as teachers in my building, I want to be able to ask you about a child on a Tuesday, not necessarily at the end of the semester when we're given the EOC. Um, yeah. You know, and if you can do that, then you have been formatively assessing throughout the process. And, and that's far more important to me as an administrator than it would be, you know, necessarily to answer a bubble test. Right. I mean, and it, it's kind of a, a, it's a balance I would imagine. Cause I just, I would imagine funding comes somewhat from that's, testing and man, that's gotta be a tough, that's a tough balance for an administrator. It, it's really hard. And, and right now, you know, in, in Georgia, we do the CCRPI um, college and career readiness performance index, and we are rated um, ABCD, go figure, um, of course, throughout the state based on um, our graduation rate, based on our EOC performance, based on our attendance rate, based on, mm-hmm. I don't know how you do those things when those things that are being assessed and rated on us are out of our control. Um, you know, and, and that's one of the big things we preach to our faculty and staff and our students, control what you can control. Um, and those other things will, will take care of themselves. Now, unfortunately, many times they don't. Um, and you'll get a CCRPI score that is not favorable uh, based on attendance. But when you're dealing with 16, 17, 18 year olds who are not required by law to come to school, sometimes it, it makes it difficult. Yeah. So that is the struggle that we have, I would say, administratively is dealing with the things out of our control that we are held accountable for. Um, and, and that's very, very difficult, very much like, uh, you know, coaching, you, you give a game plan, you work on it all week, but then you put 15, 16, 17 year olds on a field and ask them to produce, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the no thought doubt. is really good, <laughs> but it's whether or not they can pull it off and think through that same process. Oh, oh, no doubt. I, I had a coach tell me years ago that all high school coaches are at the mercy of their, roster uh you know we <laughs> take it to the building and here we go and then if you have injuries it. it's oh gosh look out you know <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's it yeah 100%. I mean, look out. um shoot jason i appreciate you coming on as we as we as we land this plane talk about some advice you give to somebody looking to get into administration like what are some steps they can take and what's a mindset they should have as they they pursue that career when, and that, that is such a, a loaded question dependent on the type of leadership um, that whoever you talk to uh, epitomizes or believes in. Um, you know, I, I am just one. Uh, this, this is my 26th year in education. Um, I've done administration uh, for 19 of the 26. Um, and so I, I'm at a point in, in my thought process where um, it is only about the benefit of the teachers and the students for the community at large. Um, the rest of the things are not priority. Um, and so for me, it's always being true to self, um, being, you know, I, I think you can really take care of administration through four C's. Um, I always have. I, I think you need to be uh, compassionate. Um, I think you've got to be consistent. Um, I think it comes directly uh, through communication. Um, and, you know, really, I, I think foremost and, and really what you have to do is um, be able to, to set aside 
um, some time to really reflect um, and conceptualize what you have done administratively for your faculty and your students. If you communicate um, and it is clear and consistent, um, you know, one of the things I think I figured out very quickly in administration is um, being indecisive um, is, is, is a death sentence. Um, mm. Because as soon as, um, you know, you, you cannot, if you discriminate, then discriminate equally, uh, then no one can ever say that you are discriminating um, because someone will. Um, and so I think consistency is, is the key um, and maintaining it, but also open communication. So um, be true to yourself, be true to your children, um, you know, be true to your faculty and staff, because when it's all said and done, that is the trench. That is where the warfare takes place. And, uh, you know, through unity, I think you can do it very easily. Um, the rest is just subsidiary and, and uh, we make it happen as it happens. Man, that is, that is awesome. Jason, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and, uh, man, this is, uh, this is something I'm, something I'm going to listen to, uh, after I, I put it up. Cause this is, this is wisdom filled. Thank you very much for coming on. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And, uh, apologize for the, the congestion. I think much of what I said may have been driven tonight by antibiotics from the, from the sinus infection, but you know what, uh, I'll give it, we, we are battling. And I tell you, we, we want everybody to stay safe, um, stay healthy. Uh, the, the key here is that there is going to be a backside. Um, you know, we're going to see this and, and I think it's all about perspective. And right now we've just got to support and empower one another to get through this because that day will come. Um, and we will be back with our students again and we'll be back in normal school and we will be back on normal sports schedules. And when that happens, we've got to be ready. So um, I appreciate the work you're doing and I appreciate the opportunity I've had to speak with you tonight. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. And uh, man, you have a blessed evening and feel better, please. Thank you, boss. Take care of yourself and we'll talk to you later.